0: we're live hello my friends welcome back to uh, another episode of the super divorce supercast Uh, again it's been a little while supercast is quite infrequent these days isn't it Um, that's just because i am staying very busy very very busy these days Lots to do, lots going on, but you know I'm not alone in that, I'm sure I'm sure that many of you out there, if there are many of you listening, I don't know um I guess we'll see you know what it'll be a good uh indicator of um, my viewership to see if it's see if it's uh you know stood the test of time here without me being, um, you know, a daily streamer the way that I was for several months there. Uh, I was doing a lot of videos. I was doing one a day. And we're not doing that anymore. I'm not doing that anymore. It just, uh, it got to be too much. It was a little too much to do. Not that I didn't like doing it, but As I've mentioned previously, there is a lot that I have to get done to prepare for the next Super Divorce album. Me all by my lonesome here, now that I am a uh, solo act. Yes, I'm a solo act now. You know, um, if you've been around for some time, you might recall that Super Divorce was once a synth-pop duo. And now super divorce is a synth pop solo act as well as occasional podcast man podcaster podcast guy. So what I'm doing right now, um, while I'm just uh, kind of kicking things off here is I'm I'm actually checking up on uh, the the super divorce, youtube channel and so far i don't see this uh oh here we go i see it live now okay yeah so i wanted to make sure that that we were actually able to go live here yeah and we are live okay so that's good that's something good you know in the uh i don't know if they did this before or after the previous episode of the supercast but at some point youtube decided that it would be a fun thing to do to go ahead and take away the ability of channels with less than 1000 subscribers to be able to live stream from a mobile device that is something that can no longer be done you can't stream live from uh, a telephone as we used to call them can't stream live from smartphones you can't stream live from a tablet luckily uh, I have a nice computer set up here in my office with a webcam that I'm not using uh, because I'm treating this more like a radio program it's a podcast you know I'm trying to keep with the podcast condition and uh, and not uh, make this too dependent on live video because the super divorce Supercast has has typically throughout its history been about the spoken word and uh, we're going to keep going with that hey it's obi-wan obi-wan is here it's been a while since i've talked to obi-wan it's been a while since i've talked to any of my youtube friends good to see you obi-wan thank you for being here uh mr wrench is here be nice or else he will uh smack that wrench right upside your head. He'll take care of you. He he is a no-nonsense guy, just like the real Obi-Wan. Um <clears throat> now what I was saying is that uh you know, it's not as easy to stream these days as well. You know, and this is kind of a bummer too. Because something that's come up is uh I've had moments where I've been out and about and the thoughts occurred to me like, oh, this might be interesting to go live right now. And then I remember in an in instant, oh, I can't go live anymore because I I only have 332 subscribers. So YouTube doesn't think that my channel is uh, is good enough for some reason. I don't understand why that rule was put into place exactly. But no one knows why YouTube does any of the things they do. Uh, they like to uh, play these little games with content creators there's all this stuff going on with Steven Crowder right now, uh, demonetizing, deplatforming people that they don't like, who aren't necessarily breaking any rules. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. There was a time when I was, I was trying to sort of um, toe the line and I was like, you know, maybe I should try to adhere to these rules so that my channel doesn't get taken down or, you know, so we can eventually build up to getting monetized. Um, because I put a lot of work into this channel, you know, so I, I tried to, uh, keep it fairly PG here. Um, these days I'm just kind of like, you know what, fuck it because they're taking people down. They're, uh, demonetizing channels that have done incredibly well and put in a lot of work. People who have tried to stay within the, the YouTube guidelines are getting, uh, they're getting the, uh, the carpet pulled out from under them, so to speak, and not a magic carpet. It's not the magic carpet. It's not going to swoop back under and uh, pick them up. It's not a joke. They're doing this to people. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. Um, I don't think that they can sustain it. You can't treat people that way uh, forever and expect your brand to thrive. I think that they kind of see themselves as being this juggernaut. There's, They think that there's never been anything quite like YouTube, and there really hasn't. But that doesn't mean that something else can't come along, and something else will come along. I believe. Uh, thank you, Obi Wan. Maybe some more people will join in. So you know, eventually, eventually something else will come along if YouTube continues this trend, and I think they're going to. I don't see it stopping. I don't see them uh, um, sort of doing a 180 and be like, you know what? After all, we we really do support free speech, and we really want to allow people to express themselves and and we're not going to try and push our own agenda they're not going to do that it's going to take youtube collapsing and something else or or multiple other um, options coming up i think that's what's gonna that's what's going to happen that's what i would prognosticate is that uh that i don't know five years from now maybe between five and ten years from now is that the landscape of social media will look very different than it does today? I don't think that this. I don't think that the way things are laid out right now is um, is sustainable. It's just not going to hold. Alternatives will pop up, and we might see something like a reversion back to the days of like MySpace. Not saying that MySpace is going to come back, but something like that where um, where the individuals have uh, quite a bit more control over what happens on their page, what they see on their page, where they're not being bombarded by uh, ads all the time. You know, Um, I mean, ads pop up in the strangest places now, you know, they're doing ads, uh, not just in your feed now, you know, not just um, not on the sidebar, but uh, you know, I, I saw them experimenting with ads like in messenger and such, and, and it's just like that on top of the fact that people feel like their opinions and, and their, their voices are being stifled on these platforms, you know, it's, it's just not going to hold up forever. So I'd say that um, my attitude towards YouTube right now is that I will continue to use it from time to time, but there was a period where I thought that maybe this was going to be the future of how I would connect with people. That's what I was hoping. I don't know if that's that's really um, a viable option at this point, point. and I don't know if creators should put all their eggs in that basket. Uh, there has to we have to figure out a way to um, move beyond YouTube to move beyond Facebook because I think that the same thing that happened, uh, I think that the same thing is going to happen to YouTube that happened to Facebook, where for, for a moment, it was an incredible place to promote, uh, your brand, to promote, uh, your music or whatever, um, your comedy, anything, a new book that you're writing, but they've made it, they've made it so hostile towards creators because they are so greedy. And I'm not saying that as someone who thinks that, uh, look, I'm a, I'm a red-blooded capitalist, you know, so, but that doesn't mean that, that within that system, people can't still be greedy. They can. And, and what happens when they become overly greedy is that I think you end up driving people away. That's what happened to me for, for a period of time, I was spending quite a bit of money advertising on Facebook and I build up a, uh, quite a large, um, number of fans, on on facebook and i thought that by doing that then you know my my posts that i would put up advertising super divorce would be seen by the people that i'd paid to bring into the fold the problem is they started kind of uh putting a gate on how many of your followers would see your posts unless you paid to boost each individual post and it didn't matter it wasn't like um a percentage of the number of people who follow you got to see it it was like the gate would be cut off at like between 10 to 30 people and 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 10 to 30 people would see your post uh, whether you had 100 followers or whether you had a hundred thousand it didn't matter it wasn't like it wasn't like they took into consideration how much work you had put in to your page they didn't take into consideration how much money you had spent on adv- advertising to procure the number of followers you had. It was like a regular post when you hit submit, if you've not chosen to boost it, it's going to be seen by between like 10 and 30 people. Something like that. And the same holds true for a page with uh, 40 followers as it does for a page with 1 million now the only difference there is that the person, with, uh, the brand with a million followers, is probably having people come and check their page out more often, uh, maybe taking the the um, initiative to do so on their own as opposed to waiting for a post to pop up in their feed. But you know, for someone like me, I built up our Facebook page to like fifteen thousand, and then it was again, it was like unless I pay to boost every post, oh, you're getting. You know, 30 people saw that one, uh, sometimes less. And there's just... So I just decided to stop putting money into that. Because it was like, um, you know, it, it was like this kind of loot crate or loot box mentality. The same type of thing that where it's just like they, they keep wanting more and more from you. And they don't take into consideration how much you've already given them. There's no reward for that. So it's like, well, I'm I'm going to choose not to continue playing into that system and that's what i've done there and and so i think a lot of people feel the same way and a lot of people a lot of creators ended up leaving facebook behind i mean not to the point where they delete their pages but they just don't bother with it much anymore because it's not a good place to interact with people so oh and uh my wife jesse here is in the chat And she just, she told me she didn't get an alert when I went live. Well, of course not. See, there's another thing. It's like you, you put in the work to get people to subscribe to you on YouTube. And then it's just the same song and dance with so many different channels. Your followers don't get the alerts. Even when they have taken that step of bonging the gong, as we say here. To hit that little notification bell, it's like people do it, and then they still don't get uh, notified when this channel goes live. It's like, what the fuck are we doing here? You know, why, why, why should I bother? It really, it really, uh, it kind of sours the whole experience. Not that it's not fun to make videos; it is. I, I enjoy making videos. That's why I made a video every day. I made a point of making a video every single day for months. I mean, it had to have been like six months or so where I maybe missed one day. And then, uh, you know, because of ramping up to begin the process of writing for this new album, it's just not something that I could prioritize, especially with the way YouTube's going and a lot of stuff that the kinds of videos that, that really get the clicks and stuff. It's not the stuff that I was making. So kind of put the YouTube on the back burner and, um, And then this stuff, you know, all these, these little, uh, ticky tack politics that they're playing, these little games they play with their creators, you know, really doesn't make you want to jump back in and, and, and try to achieve anything on this platform. Because even if you do at any moment with, with no explanation and with no notice, your entire channel could be taken down or, All of the videos that were doing well for you can be demonetized if you are a larger channel. Of course, in our case, in my case now, uh, that doesn't really matter because I don't have a thousand subscribers. So I couldn't even get monetized until I reached that point. So no videos that I make until I'm monetized are going to have an opportunity to make me any money which is why I've kind of uh, considered the, the, uh, the guidelines for monetization and, and have decided to say fuck it because I don't care. I'm not going to put the work in to try to achieve any sort of uh, notoriety um, or, or uh, ultimate success on this platform when what I see happening to other content creators is, uh, is them getting treated unfairly. And then having their work nullified just because they don't sort of toe the line. Not, and again, not towing the line of guidelines, but towing the line of the types of political and social opinions that YouTube wants to propagate. So I don't care anymore. And uh, so it's kind of a free for all now, I suppose. Kinda of the old wild west days of the super divorce super cast. If you go back and listen to old episodes, it was not PG. If you got used to it being PG, um, you know, uh just be warned. I'm not saying it's going to be um I'm not gonna turn it into a, a porn show. You know, we're not gonna be uh talking about uh uh porno films. We're not gonna be talking about um you know, uh gratuitous sex and uh and, and nasty things just to talk about them but if something crosses my mind and i feel like talking about it if i get if i get a little heated when i'm discussing something you know i won't have to censor myself i can say th- something like uh you know fuck that shit man it's fucking bullshit fuck i can do that now because uh, i'm not uh, i'm not trying to play their games I don't I don't recommend anyone try to play their games because it's probably not gonna work so you might as well have a good time let me see let me just check out the chat here real quick hey um, Hallmark Channel Jeremy is here what's up he Hallmark Channel Jeremy is giving me a thumbs down I'm sorry I I don't know what I did Hallmark Channel Jeremy, a good, not even a little what? Oh, maybe, I'm not sure. I'll have to see. Hallmark Channel Jeremy is commenting right now in the uh, the live chat. He's given a thumbs down and he said, not even a little? I don't know what he wants a little of. What do you want a little of, Hallmark Channel Jeremy? And then I'll tell you if we can have just a little. I'll let you know. So... Alright, that's a little bit about the lay of the land on YouTube. I'm sure that many of you are already uh, very familiar with, with how things are going here. Obi-Wan says, oh well, you've complained long and hard about it for a long time. It's still a good platform, even if you don't make money. Um, that's, that's what Obi-Wan just wrote in the chat, and I would say that that's debatable. I, I really I really do say it's debatable. idea that it's a good platform even if you don't make money because it's not it's not that you don't um it's not only that they've taken the ability of creators uh or taken away the the opportunity for creators to make money in many cases uh they're taking down entire videos without warning and um and then they can they could also just delete your channel with no warning, so it's like is it a good platform? I think the idea of it's great. what it used to be was fantastic, you know, but I think it's it seems like things are uh, things are really heating up. you know, there seems to be this advance towards whatever their agenda is and pushing. Uh, everyone who's not in line with with sort of the uh, the progressive ideals they're trying I think they're trying to push them off of YouTube I think that that's where they're headed I don't know how fast that's going to happen but that's where I even if it does I'm saying eventually something else will pop up or other competitors will pop up and and I think at, at some point in the future we'll look back on YouTube the way we look back at myspace it'll be like they blew it you know they could have, they could have lasted for as long as they wanted to, but they chose, they chose to take uh, a side in the sort of culture war, if you will, and ended up ruining them. I think that that's probably what will happen. So, I don't think I'm just. Uh, I don't. I don't like to think that I'm just bitching about nothing here. I really, especially you have to look at this from the point of view of someone who's doing this full time. Maybe, you know, you'd have to feel worried if you didn't have like another Avenue. Cause really I'm thinking of the Steven Crowder situation right now. Cause that's, that's been pretty hot the past few days, his channel getting completely demonetized. I mean, he's on blaze TV and they've got mug club So, they've got all this support that kind of comes from another channel. Um, Or, sorry, bad choice of words. That could be confusing. From another source. Um, Their Louder with Crowder show can still be seen on another platform that is basically like a conservative run platform. So, they're not necessarily uh, at risk of something like that happening to them there. You know, that's a private streaming service that people pay a subscription uh for and then they get to watch all the videos on it so he's making money that way he doesn't have to rely on youtube but you can imagine someone else who's in his position who might have uh, a following that's kind of creeping up towards his level and if they've not taken if they've not taken steps to secure that sort of uh that, that alternative source where people can stream videos, where people can support them, maybe with a, a monthly subscription or something. And I'm not talking about Patreon because that's compromised as well, unfortunately. So what creators need to do, I think, is treat YouTube like, like a way to um, become acquainted with an audience. And then if they're doing something like making videos for a living, if that's like their bread and butter, what they should be doing is trying to set up a way where uh they funnel their fans from YouTube over to that alternative platform that may be like just an app for their channel. Something like that. Where people can download it and then maybe pay a subscription fee and then they've got it right there. And it's like a one on one connection. There's not gonna be like a a third party who steps in and and severs that connection so that's that's what i would be worried about if i were a creator uh totally focused on youtube doing well making money on youtube uh my mind would be on finding a way to get my audience off of youtube and onto to another uh, personalized platform if you will I think that that is that is uh, something that that everyone needs to be probably uh, focused on and trying to make happen. So, K is here. K said, "Hey, hi, hello." On stream right now. What's up, K? K period. I still don't know what Hallmark Channel Jeremy wanted a little of. I'm not sure still. I don't know. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. Okay. Here's something, guys. Um, so, oh, I was going to talk about a pretty cool little project that I wanted to stream that I can't now. That is, I don't know if you've seen this, but there is a Stranger Things Lego set. And we had such a fun time putting together the Voltron Lego set on this channel. I was like, that would be really cool to put together the Stranger Things Lego set. I went out with my son a couple weeks ago, and uh, and we picked that up. It's a huge set, by the way. It's a lot bigger than I thought it was going to be. It's like $200. So if you're considering it, uh, perhaps... Perhaps it would, you think it would be worth your money. I think it would be. I haven't built it yet. That's what I was going to say though. I, I had the thought when I was walking out of the mall with it. I was like this would be cool. This would be pretty cool to put together. But you know what? When we put together the Voltron set. In the well lit area of my home. Down in the dining room. Uh, I used my phone. To stream all that well, um, I can't do that anymore. You know, I would basically have to, uh, uh, I'd have to like take my entire computer setup down into my, my downstairs. And that's just, that's too much of a pain in the ass, especially considering how long it would probably take to put that thing together. I don't know. It's, I don't know if it's as many pieces as the Voltron set that we did, but, it's a very large set, and it would probably take um, you know at least a week or two, maybe, of streams to put that thing together. And I wouldn't want to leave my computer set up in my dining room for that amount of time. And then I can't do it in my office because the lighting in here is just god-awful. It would be, uh, it'd be terrible. No one would want to watch that. So um, looking back at the chat here. In has come in and says, "Woohoo, hoo Woohoo, nice to see you in. Thanks for dropping by. Uh, show back. Hallmark Jan- Hallmark Channel Jeremy. He says, he said it. It's right there. Well, here's what I've got from you. I'm looking back up through the chat, Hallmark Channel Jeremy. I see a thumbs down. And then a comment that says, Not even a little. And then the next comment from you says no not thumbs down for you so i i still don't see what um i still don't see uh, what it would what it would be what you were talking about i see some of your comments but i don't see what you wanted a little of that's nowhere to be found that particular comment did not reach me hallmark channel jeremy i don't know what happened just said you can borrow one of my laptops, you dingus. What for streaming the uh, for streaming the Legos? I didn't think about that. That might be good. I wasn't. I really wasn't considering that. Because now you're always on your. Uh, my wife's always on her her iPad or one of these tablets. I wasn't thinking about an actual laptop. Maybe that would be an option. Maybe we could do that. I'll have to look into that. I'll have to see if we can come up with a a decent setup where that might work. That's a possibility. We might be able to make that happen. Okay. So so maybe we figured something out there. So maybe we will come back with uh, another Lego set. Because you know what? Not only do I have the Stranger Things Lego set, but I have also pre-ordered the Castle Grayskull Mega Construct set. And I believe that's coming in either late this month or sometime next month. I can't remember the release date, but I pre-ordered that at GameStop. I need to go and put some money on it. So I don't have to pay off the whole thing when it comes in. But I have that coming, and that would be really cool to put together. That would be good... uh, Good stream fodder, I think. People might like to see that one built. So. Jess said she's always playing Candy Crush Saga on her iPad. Yuck. It's disgusting. You should be ashamed of to yourself. You casual. So here's something, guys. Um, I can do this. Recently... I picked up a few compact discs. I like I said, I'm in the process of. Uh, I don't even know if I would call it the beginning stages of writing for the next album, but it's like the uh, it's like pre-alpha. I'm I'm kind of brainstorming a lot of things. I'm getting a lot of ideas together and getting a sort of. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm in this like brainstorming phase where, where I'm just kind of reaching out with my mind tendrils and trying to tap into a bunch of different sources, drawing inspiration from a, a bunch of different things, uh, to really make the next album something amazing. And there's more to it than just the music, but as far as the music goes, I've been uh, I've been uh, trying to judiciously dive into uh to new things um uh, to sort of capture a feeling that i have in mind and that doesn't mean that uh the things that i am drawing inspiration from i'm, I'm not necessarily going to copy i'm not going to uh say that that anything i share with you here is going to be representative of, of what the next super divorce album is going to sound like exactly but just you know um uh, I thought I would share with you a a few of the purchases that I made recently. um, To sort of uh, get the noodle going. To sort of spark some inspiration and some creativity. So, not only can I tell you about the CDs that I purchased, I can also play you a a little snippet of each one. Because I don't care about this video getting... uh, demonetized. I'm gonna play you a little snippet of three CDs that I've just picked up recently and maybe something that you hear will will, uh, strike your fancy, inspire you to perhaps check it out on your own. I think that could be something good to do. Hey JP is here. JP, how are you damn it? Good to see you. Thanks for stopping by. Thank you for being here. Jess said the Candy Crush Saga. That's a joke. She was joking. I know you don't really play Candy Crush Saga. I don't think you do. Unless you're saying it's a joke because you really do behind my back and you're too afraid to admit it. If you do, you can tell me. I won't uh, I won't uh, be too upset. It's okay. I won't shame you. I won't casual shame you for playing Candy Crush Saga if you really do. In says question if i put a quarter in your ear will you sing 10 speed playing my background headspace you want to put a quarter in my ear will i sing i'm not going to sing right now that'd be silly no one wants to hear me sing on the podcast it's not a live i i mean it's not a live performance show That'd be totally self-indulgent. It'd be even more self-indulgent than doing a, uh, a solo podcast. I can't sing. Um, not right now. I can't do that. I'm sorry, Ann. I cannot do that. They would be too silly. Too, too silly. I'm about, I'm all about silliness, okay? I enjoy being silly in certain respects, but that's a kind of silly that I cannot do. I cannot serenade you right now. My apologies. Thank you for asking, though. You know, um, I appreciate you being forthright. I appreciate you asking. Uh, I, I do. Um, I, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that you would want me to sing to you. but, But I just can't right now. I just can't bring myself to do it. Maybe if I were a better man. Not right now. I can't i can't i just can't do it now hallmark channel jeremy wants me to sing for in i can't sing for anyone right now it's not something that's going to happen okay you have to respect my my decision you have to respect my autonomy all right you can't try and pressure me into this it's not fair it is not fair K is actually here now in the chat. Good to have you here. So what I was going to do, all right, is I was going to play you a little selection from each of these uh, three compact discs that I've just picked up recently. The first one is a, a band called Cassiopeia, and this is from an album called Mint Jams. I'm gonna play this in the background here and I think it how about that Let's see if you can hear this this is a, a Japanese group the thing I like about getting Japanese CDs when you order them from uh, Japan you know they have this cool little uh, this little paper strip on the side with writing you know, and then uh, the barcode. It just, it's a nice little touch. I like that. This is called Mint Jams. This album is Mint Jams. You should look it up. Case says elevator vibes. Yeah, that's kind of the idea. I love it. It really, it reminds me of the music that they used to play at, um, at this grocery store. A local grocery store called Woody's. In West Carrollton where I grew up and they always played music like this and I love it this album um, I'm trying to see looks like this came out in 82 mint jams man okay uh, Thomas Gilkey is here Jeremy says, Welcome to your Tri-State Area Smooth Jazz Station. Yeah. You know? It's cool stuff. How is the, uh... How's the mix, guys? You like the mix? Are we good here? I want to make sure that I'm loud enough and the music's not uh, overpowering me as I'm taking you through this little tune here, through this ditty. You know, in the old days, I would have been like, Oh, you guys got to check out Cassiopeia because it's real, uh... They got good vibes, man. But I can't play it for you because I don't want to get the video demonetized. Well, now that I don't care, I can I can fucking play it for you. Fucking playing you the mint jams. It is fucking minty, right? I'm just going to throw some fucks in tonight because I, I generally in the past haven't done that. Because I've been trying to play YouTube rules. N says I'm interested to see what they... We'll turn it into bet it would be sweet are you talking about me are you interested to see what what i do with this inspiration uh obi-wan in the chat says he's finished driving jp is able to live stream his drive to work sometimes by setting a stream up on his pc and joining from his phone Huh. And Obi-Wan's digging the tunes. I'm glad you guys are digging these tunes. Again, if you uh, would like to, to listen to this album yourself, or maybe pick up a copy on compact disc like I did, just search Mint Jams. The full album is on YouTube. That's where I'm streaming this from. You can hear it right now. That's your Mint Jams. So... Uh, yeah thank you for thank you for uh, enjoying mint jams there yeah okay <clears throat> so that's one that's one thing that i i've just uh procured recently hold on where i see uh thomas gilkey the gray march is here we've got a nice little group going who said... I see someone in the chat was uh, saying hello to Tim. Thomas Gilkey says this is actually some pretty good music. Well, you might enjoy this next one as well. What I'm going to play you next is another album that I picked up. I See, I had an Amazon gift card. Uh, actually I actually had three of them. And I was like, you know what? I want to buy some CDs. I'm going to get ahead of the curve here because I feel like... It's really cool for everyone to buy vinyl and uh, to buy cassette tapes again. But I'm going back and I'm buying up all the cool CDs right now. Because I think that's going to be next. Uh, Maybe within the next two years or so. CDs are going to be retro enough that they're really cool again. So I'm sort of getting ahead of the game while people still aren't really thinking about CDs. And I'm trying to pick up all these compact discs... That people are going to be paying big bucks for in a few years, because I still love CDs. I still have a nice CD collection. I will still listen to CDs in my car, and what's cool about CDs is that uh, you know you can still throw them into the uh, into the old disc drive and put the tunes on your computer, and then load those up onto your your MP3 player of choice, and you're all set. As cool as cassette tapes look. And as cool as vinyl records look, you know they're they're nice collectors' items. You know I buy those things too, but uh, the process of say getting a vinyl record or a cassette tape transferred over to your computer to your hard drive that's much more complicated than moving the songs from a CD onto your computer uh, to have digitally. So, like I said, I'm getting ahead of the game here. And what we're doing. What we're doing here is uh, we're going to listen to a cut. We're, g- we're going to listen to a cut from um, uh, Masayoshi Tanaka. Uh, t- Takana- Takanaka. Takanaka. There we go. Masayoshi Takanaka. The Rainbow Goblins. Look this up too. This has really cool artwork. I love the artwork on the cover of this one you got to check it out. We're going to be listening to... uh, Which tune do I have queued up here? This is going to be Once Upon a Song. This is actually a concept album. And there's like a narrator that will will sort of jump in and kind of give you the lay of the land story-wise as this record goes on. I'm going to skip past the prologue. So we're not going to listen to the narrator, but it's kind of cool to know that this is actually, um, it's, uh, it's a concept album. It gives me, it reminds me when I listen to it of the old Lord of the Rings animated, uh, film. The one from, I believe the seventies is when that came out. So here we go. I'm going to throw this on for you. Here we are. there you are got it going okay once upon a song from Masayoshi Takanaka's the rainbow goblins let me know in the comments how you're feeling about this one I'll look back through uh, the comments here from the past few minutes see what's been going on in in responding to um uh, oops hold on let me uh, let me check this out here oh yeah in thinks that 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 i'll be able to weave the inspiration taken from these tunes into something cool on the next super divorce album and i hope i hope that i can i really do i really want the next album to be something special that's my plan I can give you guys a little bit of uh, Inside Dirt, something pretty cool about the next album. One thing I do know about it, it's going to be the very first time in my musical career that I'm actually working with my dad on a musical project. I have asked my father to produce the next uh, Super Divorce album, so, I mean, he's, uh, he is like a genius. He is a musical genius. He's toured the world. It's what he's done for a living for the past... Uh, close to 40 years now. So... Um, it's quite something. It's it's going to be quite an honor to actually be with him in the studio putting this next album together. Uh, yeah. I really think it's going to be something... Something you guys... I don't know if you're going to be ready for it. I don't know if you're, you're going to know what to expect. Even me playing this stuff for you and kind of updating you as we go along. Yeah. It's it's going to be cool. So yes, my my father, Randy Villars, will be producing the next album along with me. And uh, yeah. Coming up, we're going to be getting together soon and sort of just brainstorming, getting some ideas together, getting a general vision of where things are going to be headed it's going to be pretty damn neat so I'm I'm enthused, I'm quite enthused I'm quite happy about uh, that development Uh, Hallmark Channel Jeremy says I love the tunes and love Obi-Wan's healer And the gray march says, just missing caller dedications. Yeah, that's something. Does anyone have any any dedications, any shout-outs? You guys have anyone that uh, you want me to, to shout-out for you? Any messages you'd like delivered over the airwaves tonight? If so, feel free to drop that in the comments there and let me know. Maybe a long-lost lover, a missed connection maybe a family member you haven't talked to in a long time that you just want to say hi to. Let them know you're doing okay. Drop that in the comments below and let me know and I'll uh, I'll see what I can do about getting that dedication out there for you guys. Obi-Wan had asked in the chat if I have a Laserdisc player yet. I do not. Because I... I only have like the one Laserdisc. I think if I had maybe 10 actual Laserdisc films then I might spring for a Laserdisc player. A nice one. You know it's uh, because you want to make sure you get a good working one. A while back I found two Betamax players at the local uh, Goodwill. And I brought them home, and I was so excited, but neither one of them worked. Uh, It was kind of a bummer. I even, like, I got the players, and then I drove to a second-hand store, like, 40 minutes away, because they had, I I knew that they uh, sold beta tapes there. And I went out, and I bought a few, and I brought them home, and uh, neither player would function properly. One of them kind of worked, the other one just uh, just Goblin, wouldn't play at all. Goblin, 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 Goblin. Now oh, there we go. So that was um, that was the Masayoshi Takanaka, the Rainbow Goblins. I'm gonna play another song here in just a minute. But yeah, like I was saying, you know, uh, if you buy an old media player, you want to make sure you get a good one. Might cost a little bit more, but. It is quite disappointing to get something like that home and to realize that you just wasted your time and money. Especially, you know, something else that bothered me about that experience with the Betamax players was how awesome they looked. I mean, they were in fantastic shape. Looked like they'd been taken care of, but for some reason, it was just like straight fuzz on one of them. Just would not play the tape. And then the other one, I was able to dial it in to kind of get a picture but not to the point where it'd be worth sitting down and watching a movie it it was like uh you know trying to tune into like the old uh pay-per-view porn channels you know see there i was talking a lot there's some porn i said we wouldn't talk about a bunch of porn there's a little a little bit of porn when you try and tune into the scramblies you know for me it was channel 65 back in the day and i remember you You like flip it on and one time it came in like crystal clear for like 10 seconds and there was like a moment of jubilation followed by uh, a moment of dread because in my whatever 12, 13 year old mind, I didn't know how pay-per-view worked. I thought that maybe uh, I had... uh, I had left it on for too long, and and the 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 signal was gonna come through, and that would somehow trigger us getting charged for a, a porn movie on our next cable bill. And so I turned it off. I was like, oh, I. It was like before it scrambled again. I got rid of it because I didn't, I didn't know what was gonna happen. It frightened me so much. I was like, oh, it's fine, you know. I'll just wait. Uh, I'll wait. A few hours and then i'll turn on hbo after dark or something but that was uh it was scary you know it was like it was like be careful what you wish for because you just might get it and i got it and then i didn't want it anymore because i didn't know what was going to happen obi-wan says don't forget to smash the likey button everyone please don't forget to do that uh even if even if this channel goes nowhere you know it's it's still a nice thing to do. It's still cool to see that people have liked your video. Get that constructive feedback. It's good. Lets you know you're not totally wasting your time when people like something that you've done. I'm not out here fishing for likes, so to speak. But you know, um, if I didn't, if I didn't hope that people liked my my ramblings, you know, then I wouldn't bother setting up a microphone and doing this. I hope people like it. I hope people are somewhat entertained. Damn it, buffering. You got buffering? Hallmark Channel Jeremy is saying there's buffering. Um, I hope that's not a problem with the connection. I haven't noticed any issues here on my end. The little, uh, the little connection box in OBS, the software I use to stream, it's, uh, it's green, which means that we have a good, stable connection, so I don't think we should have any issues. Perhaps that is Hallmark Channel Jeremy's connection, and none of us should be concerned about that. I hope that Hallmark Channel Jeremy finds a nice, stable connection himself very soon, so that he is not stuck in the hell of buffering so here's something else i'm going to play for you guys this is a guitar player who i have stumbled upon uh as of just about three months ago and he has he has quickly become my favorite guitar player of all time his name is jason becker this album that I'm going to play you a selection from is called Perpetual Burn. And uh, I'm going to play a little bit of track one, which is called Altitudes. <clears throat> Jason Becker. He, uh, You guys got to check this video out. If you go on YouTube and look up Jason Becker Serrana, that's S-E-R-R-A-N-A Arpeggios serrano arpeggios uh watch him play this selection uh it is it is amazing and it's it's uh, it consists basically of sweep picking if you're not familiar with uh, with sweep picking it is sweep like you're sweeping sweeping the floor but you're sweeping the strings on the guitar it's basically where if you watch someone do it it looks it looks very easy in a way, because the picking hand just kind of moves straight down the strings in one motion, and then back up in another, and then straight down and back up. You're not kind of jumping from string to string and making a bunch of uh, of like super articulate movements with your pick. It's kind of like I said, uh, like the name suggests, sweeping. You're doing sweeping motions with your picking hand in, in kind of a very smooth and uh, elegant way. Meanwhile, as you're sweeping across the strings, your left hand is the one that's kind of moving rapidly, doing all the hard work, making sure to be on the string just as the pick passes over it, um, kind of going up and down, and up and down, so so on. But it, it, the sound of it is very fluid. It produces a very fluid And, uh, like I said, kind of a very elegant sound when people are sweep picking. And it's arguably one of the hardest things to do as a guitar player. So if you can learn to sweep pick at a high level, you can probably learn to do just about everything. And I play guitar on and off and tinkered around here and there for years now, but I've never really taken it upon myself to get, uh, really good. You know, that's... Because I've always had other guitar players around me in bands that I've been in. So my expertise has always been vocals. It's like people, we get the song written as a band and then it's sort of passed off to me and then I would come up with the melodies and then I would come up with the lyrics and all that kind of jazz. But it was never my job to write the guitar parts or the sort of uh, the bone-like structures of songs until... Uh, super divorce became a two-piece and then I I did do a little bit of writing on guitar for action figures mostly on acoustic but that was more just messing around with chords and kind of um, you know very very beginner type stuff very basic shit as far as guitar playing goes just coming up with uh, you know a chord structure coming up with a verse and a chorus and and melodies and, and stuff like that but you know, um, in the spirit of wanting this next album to be something special, I, I want to be able to to write at a high level, uh, not just vocally and not just not just on keys or programming on the computer, but I want to be able to play the instruments on the on the next album too. And so I've been I mean, I've been busting my ass, uh, inspired quite a bit by Jason Becker's playing. And it is a gargantuan task. I'm not going to lie. I've been trying to learn the Serrano arpeggios now for about two months, practicing every single day, um, usually for at least an hour or two. And I've made some amazing progress. I mean, when I first started, when I first sat down, I, I took video. So at some point, I don't know exactly how long it's going to be. I'm shooting for, it seems out of the realm of possibilities, but I'm shooting for the end of June to be able to play this thing uh, the way that I want to. But when I first sat down to play it, I mean, I I couldn't at all. You know, it was was like, uh, it was painful. It was the hardest thing I've ever tried to do on guitar, by far. I mean, just learning this piece was was quite a task just memorizing the the uh the fingerings and and all the notes involved that took me about three weeks and then once i had things memorized then it was just like very slowly working through it to the point where i could play it um and have it sound anything like music i'm i'm getting much better now you know i think it's a far cry from where i started no question but i've still got a long way to go before i could do it at the level that i want to anyhow with that i will play you a little bit of jason becker's music from his uh album perpetual burn another thing i'll mention about jason becker is tragically in at some point in the 90s i think it was like the mid to late 90s he um I think he developed ALS, Lou Gehrig syndrome. And so he's this incredible guitar player. I mean, could have been, I I would argue that he is among the greats, but because his career was cut short, he didn't have an opportunity to sort of ascend to the level of some of the other guitar gods that everyone knows the name of. But within the guitar player community, like die hard guitar people know Jason Becker and and they know how awesome he was and and what he could have done and uh it's pretty inspiring because he didn't you know he didn't hide away um he didn't let his illness dictate the trajectory of his life completely his dad actually helped him devise a way that he could continue to communicate even though he's paralyzed, you know, basically from the neck down and he can't speak anymore. He came up with a way of of communicating using like eye movements. And just by having that form of communication, he's released, uh, he's released new albums over the years, even though he's wheelchair bound, he like can't move. Um, But he's continued to work. He's continued to uh, compose music and obviously you know other people other musicians have to play his music now but he is uh continuing to release albums to this day as a composer and he actually has an online guitar course that he helped put together with uh, another one of his friends who kind of does the talking for jason but his buddy is sort of telling everyone jason's methods and the things that he used to do when he was practicing. And kind of lays out his entire approach to guitar playing. And that's something else that I, I've i just started in on myself. So uh, it's really cool. Fantastic stuff. Jason Becker. So hopefully you guys will check him out too. And, and hopefully you will enjoy this track that I'm going to play. This is... Um, I'm going to jump in a little bit after the intro here on Jason Becker's Perpetual Burn Track 1 Altitudes There you go There we are So let me, uh, let me look over here Any comments coming through? K said Or hold on, uh, Nex is here hello next next also says hail obi-wan we should all hail obi-wan the lone wrench in here right now i believe because i don't think my wife is still listening maybe she is jesse still here Kay said i have never got good at guitar i've tried but never really had lessons I was made to do piano instead still fun but eh. But i'm trying to up my, my keyboard game as well like I said I really I'm really trying to make sure that this album is like on another level of competence switching from being like in a a four piece post hardcore band where I was just kind of singing and screaming to then on the last album putting together all those songs and and writing everything myself that was you know that was a lot of pressure and I was really learning as I went, and I want the process when I go into writing for the next album to be a little bit different. I'd like to have um, a bit more confidence, actually a lot more confidence, because when you're more confident, the sort of more wild ideas you have can actually be implemented. You you don't have to sort of put things on the back burner, and that's what I'm hoping to achieve with the next one. So. That's, uh, that's how I feel about that as we continue to check out this track from Mr. Jason Becker hopefully you guys are digging this uh, there's a really cool video on YouTube of a 16 year old girl covering this song it's pretty incredible she does a fantastic job with it Let me see, I'll look it up, so I can tell you guys. Her name is Tina S, it's got 4.7 million views, 16 year old girl covering the song. She does uh, just a bang up job, so if you like this one, if you check out Jason Becker, and you want a little more Jason Becker-ish content, watch that cover. Uh, I think you'll be impressed. I was. Uh, Reach over here. I have decided to bring myself a little glass of whiskey tonight. Had this sitting here for a while now. Just now having a sip. There we go. So yeah, you know, I'm I'm kind of uh, letting all this stuff brew around in my head. It's like it would be cool to incorporate these sort of '80s pop, and then some of this, as some of you in the uh, the comments were were talking about uh, the stuff I played earlier being a little elevator ish. Um. You know, it kind of uh, falls into like the city pop genre from like late 70s and 80s Japanese music. Might might give people uh, a bit of uh, some vaporwave vibes. Possibly some future funk stuff. I just want the next thing to be wild. I want it to be a a real fun album to listen to. So, I have... uh yeah, I've got a lot of ideas and I think it's gonna be pretty neat really okay so those are uh, some selections from uh, three compact discs that I picked up recently everyone oh, what else do I have here since I since I'm not doing the kind of daily videos I'll just tell you about uh, some other stuff I have sitting here that I've just picked up recently some new purchases. If you guys like hearing about purchases. Do you guys like hearing about purchases? Do you want to hear what people are like into. What people are reading. And all that kind of jazz. I hope so. Because uh, I'm going to tell you right now. So hopefully this doesn't lose everyone. Hopefully you're waiting on the edge of your seat. Just like what is he what's he going to tell us about? What kind of purchases has old Nicholas made? Well I've got this Here right now I'm holding a hardcover. This is a hardcover edition of Stranger Things The Other Side. And this is a graphic novel. This is a canon graphic novel um, set in the Stranger Things universe. I can tell you a little bit about this if you'd like. On the back, what we've got here, here's what you're looking at with this one. If you're a Stranger Things fan, and you like graphic novels, if you like comic books, see see all this hitch it. See if you think this is interesting. The Upside Down, a place only seen before in psychic visions and nightmares. Will Byers doesn't know what to call the shadowy realm he finds himself in, but he is certain that he is alone and far away from anything close to safe. A strange, shrieking monster lurks around every corner and familiar voices drift through the air from the other side to survive will holds on to the lessons he's learned in the camaraderie of his friends and the hope that he can get back home to his family discover what happened to will during the events of season one of the hit netflix series stranger things penned by comics all-star jody hauser of Doctor Who, X-Files, Faith, and Mother Panic, with pencils by Stefano Martino, also of Doctor Who, and Angel Season 6. This special Barnes & Noble edition includes an exclusive gatefold pullout featuring Francisco Ruiz's connected back and cover art from issues 1-4 through of the Stranger Things, The Other Side Comics, and more. There we go. It's got this nice matte finish, too. Uh, it's like a nice matte finish. And then sections of it are glossy. Like the title, Stranger Things. It's it's in glossy print on the cover. You've got kind of uh, this 80s art style featuring the, uh, the kids. A close-up of Will kind of staring off into the distance. And then behind Will, the demogorgon lurking ominously with this uh with its uh flower petally face flayed open and then on the back there's a little a little uh picture the artwork on the inside is not it's not the greatest it's not my favorite artwork by far uh it's not i would say it's hmm how would i describe it I think the artwork in this is passable. That's how I would classify the artwork in this thing. It's passable. But I didn't really buy it for the artwork. Uh, The front does look cool. The front artwork is fantastic. The inside, not so much. But that's not why I bought it. I bought it because um, I'm what you might call a lore whore. I like to know the stories in depth so i want to see what will was up to when he was in the upside down waiting for his buddies to save him i want to know the story of that that's why i purchased it so if you also want to know then perhaps you would like to pick up stranger things the upside down the graphic novel hallmark channel jeremy says i honestly think youtube gremlins are hiding some of my comments have you commented have you commented more uh are there other things that you've said have you tried getting my attention hallmark channel jeremy and i've not seen it because of these youtube gremlins i wouldn't doubt it i wouldn't doubt it they they might be here just lurking my video just to fuck with me I don't have to feel bad about saying that anymore, do I? <sighs> Trying to play little shit games. Throwing, throwing little YouTube shits. Let's see. Hallmark Channel Jeremy also said that the Upside Down is Australia. How do you feel about that, Obi-Wan? Do you feel like you're in the Upside Down in Australia? Do you watch? Who all watches Stranger Things here? Let me know in the comments section if you guys watch Stranger Things, and if so, what did you think of season two? Did you like it better than season one? Are you excited for season three? I am. Speaking of uh, Stranger Things, I've got another. I've got another book here. This is not a graphic novel. This is actually uh, the second Stranger Things full-size not graphic novel but regular novel regular book novel written by adam christopher this one is called darkness on the edge of town like i said this is the second stranger things novel i've got the first one right over here that i'm currently reading the first stranger things novel came out a couple months ago and that is called suspicious minds That is by Gwenda Bond, and uh, Suspicious Minds tells the story of Eleven's Mother, I believe. I haven't gotten too far into it, but um, it tells the the story of Eleven's Mother um, in MKUltra and also explores more of the history of Dr. Martin Brenner, so um i want to talk about this when i get through it and then of course i I definitely want to talk about this next novel that i picked up when i get through that this one is a bit beefier than the first stranger things novel let me see what we got here let me see how many pages this first novel is this first one uh suspicious minds is 301 we good look like we had a connection issue for a minute the first one is 301 pages and then this new one darkness on the edge of town uh this one you're looking at a nice a nice hefty 413 pages so quite a few more pages on this new one that tells the story i believe of uh of hopper In the summer of 1977, something very strange happened. So, it's a Hopper book. You gotta love Hopper. Even though he didn't have a very good time with Hellboy, David Harbour, he didn't have a very good go of it with Hellboy, did he? That's too bad. Too bad. When I saw the first picture of him as Hellboy, I was like, you know what, I don't know why they're not just doing another Ron Perlman Hellboy. But I thought David Harbour looked good. Uh, he got in good shape, but they couldn't pull off the movie. The still picture looked cool, but then once that first trailer hit, it was like, nope, nope, you missed the mark, guys. You didn't do a good job. They should have, they should have just gone back to Ron Perlman and uh, Guillermo del Toro. That would have been a better move, and they kind of blew it. And now I don't know, I don't know if we'll ever see another Hellboy movie. With the way this last one flopped. Maybe there's still time for a Hellboy 3 featuring Ron Perlman. Maybe they can do that. I don't know if they'd go out on a limb and try it though. With the way that last one uh, hit the theaters. I don't know. Hallmark Channel Jeremy says, I have not seen Stranger Things, but from what I hear, I should. You absolutely should, especially if you have Netflix. I'm guessing you probably have Netflix. Netflix. Most people have Netflix these days, don't they? I think we've reached that point in human history that we re- we reach with cable at some point in the 90s. It was like you just assumed people had cable. If you went to a friend's house and you want to watch Nickelodeon, he it was like, oh, I don't have cable. You'd be like, what? You don't have cable? I feel like that's kind of where we are with Netflix now. It's like, oh, yeah, just watch it on Netflix. Well, I, don't, I actually don't have Netflix. What? You don't have Netflix. What's wrong with you? Uh, that's kind of the... I think that's kind of the reaction that people who don't have Netflix get now. I feel like we've gotten there, I think. Oh, wow. See? Hallmark Channel Jeremy, no Netflix. See, I can do it right... That's... Did you hear my reaction? Wow. You don't have Netflix? Man. You know, I've had Netflix for... A long time. Uh, I think I got Netflix when Blockbuster still had their service, where you could, because um, they tried competing for a minute. They did a similar thing where you could uh, you could have movies delivered, and that's how I used to do a lot of my Netflix stuff back in the day, before the internet speeds were up to snuff everywhere. You know, that's how they got started. People don't remember that. A lot of these young whippersnappers now, they probably don't even realize that when Netflix first got moving, uh, a large, I mean, the the majority of people who are using that service were going online and they were picking out a DVD to have sent to their house. And then I think they offered a couple different plans. It's like different dollar amount than you could get, two or three movies at a time, or there was an option for just one. And then, uh, you could like have your queue, queue up your movies in your, uh, online account. And then they would send you one, you watch it, put it back in the mail. And then when they receive that one back, they'd send you the next one that you have in line. Um, but people don't even realize that, uh, that used to be the way that it worked. That was the majority of the Netflix, um, experience because uh, the internet was much more uh, dicey 10 to 15 years ago we've got it good now but you know once upon a time i don't even know if they still have the dvd option or the blu-ray option i feel like they probably do because not everyone still there are places in the u.s where uh, you can't you can't get high speed internet where they're still using dial up because that's all they have avail- available. So, you know, for those people, I feel like it would be, it would be worth having that DVD and Blu-ray option where you can get those sent to your house. I haven't looked, I haven't tried in years. Um, I think just for uh just for shits and giggles, I'll have to look into that and see if it's actually still an option. I don't know. Um, but I mean, that's how a few of those blockbusters stayed around for so long. And that's probably how a place like Hollywood video stays in business too, because not everyone has reliable internet. Um, and I, I just love going to the video store, man. Such a bummer that blockbusters not around that Hollywood video is not around I mean, just, uh, it's really an inconvenience for me to go to the video store now to go to Hol- cause the closest Hollywood video to my house is like 35 or 40 minutes away. But every so often I will, I will go, I'll take, uh, I'll take my boy so that he gets to experience the wonder of browsing the video store. You know, it was like one of my favorite things to do as a kid go on Friday night, see the new releases take your time browsing my wife Jess used to hate going to uh to Blockbuster with me because she would she would just zoom around the store, you know? She just zoom past so many different things and it's like, "No, no, you can't do that. You've got to take your time when you're browsing at the video store." Because it's only when you take your time that you stumble upon like the just the shit tastic gems that everyone else misses because they're only looking at the movies that have like, you know, 25 copies and like several shelves taken up because it's the big new release and people just bounce from new release to new release, like the big new blockbusters. The real fun of going to the video store was looking for those knockoff movies, you know, uh, the knockoffs of the big blockbusters Things like Transmorphers, you know, shit like that. That's where I discovered one of my favorite movies of all time. Children of the Living Dead was discovered that way. Just a shitty horror movie that my friend's mom rented for us. Uh, Totally unassuming. You never would have thought about it. You know, probably 99.99999% of people walked right past it and didn't even notice it, but... But if you take the time to look for those hidden gems, that's when you—I uh, mean—you can have just years and years worth of inside jokes due to one stupid little movie you find by taking your time at the video store. And it's still worth going out and doing it, even if you have a little bit of a drive every now and then. Because I don't—I don't want to see a world with no video stores left. That just that idea just bums me right the fuck out. You know, we need to be on guard against that. So if you have a video store nearby, even if you don't necessarily need it, go every now and again. Go and have a good time. Go grab a couple movies. Grab some popcorn. Get a few sodas. Get some snacks. And go home and have an old-fashioned sit-down where you you have your stack of movies And you watch as many as you can. Until you fall asleep. You know. And then maybe you finish the one. That you fell asleep during the next day. Or maybe you don't. Maybe you take it back. And then you don't go again for months. But just do it man. You're going to have a good time. You're going to thank me. Oh and. Jess is here. She said some of us can speed read. It's not about speed reading. It's not about that. Okay. You can't speed you might be able to speed read but you can't speed digest the cover and the artwork or the back of a shitty vhs tape because that's part of it. it's the tactile experience man walking around something catches your eye it's not about just reading the cover You'd be like that sounds like a stupid title which first of all that's what you want second Once you find this stupid title, you've got to pick it up. You've got to hold it in your hand. You've got to flip it around a few times. You have to examine the artwork. You've got to turn it. You've got to read the back to see how shitty the synopsis is. You've got to look at the shitty little pictures to see how shitty the movie looks. Hours of life just thrown away standing in Blockbuster, my wife says. It's not thrown away at all. It's time well spent. It's time that I wouldn't trade for anything in this world, Jess. I wouldn't trade it in. It was not wasted at all. I wish I could still do it every Friday. But I can't because it's not practical. You know what? Maybe I should do it more often. That might be a good video series. Super Divorce goes to the video store. And do my weekly pickup. Couldn't be very fancy because I don't have time to edit videos. I just don't. I just can't do it. Not when I'm trying to learn all this stuff, not when I'm trying to up my game, guys. I'd love to, but uh, yeah. I can talk about stuff. That's easy. This is simple, you know, because this is, uh, I, I can get on here and do this. But it's the idea of editing together a bunch of shit, putting footage on the computer, and and finding footage and and splicing it up and doing. I just can't do it right now. My wife said, "I could have done so many things. We've wasted collective years in video stores." Well, I don't see it that way. She says she's joking. She loves all the things that we do even when she's bored because she's a sweetheart. She says good night, everyone. So um, I've got a few other things I guess I can tell you about. Uh, I don't know. I've got this. There's a cassette tape over here that I haven't even opened yet that I ordered. I'm not sure which one this is. Hear it? Hear that? I'm going to open this live on air right now and see what we've got here. Which cassette tape is this, I wonder? What is this? Ugh. I like to order things and not follow the tracking information and not check up on them. Because then you get, the, you get something in the mail and you don't even remember what it was. And that's a nice surprise, I think. I'm a big fan of that. Some people sort of obsessively check their email for tracking information and and all that kind of stuff. I don't do that, guys. I don't think that's the right way to do it. I don't think that's good at all. I think what you should do, make your purchase and forget about it. Move on. Make your purchase and move on with your life. And then when it arrives, when it arrives, you're stoked jazzed you're like oh shit i forgot about that another thing though let me tell you this you got to be careful the mind can unravel the mysteries before you want them want to unraveled. you know so uh so what i'll have to do sometimes is something will arrive in the mail and i'll grab it because i don't know what it is and i'll take it inside and open it as quickly as possible because i can feel it bubbling up it's like, oh shit, I remember ordering something and I don't want to remember what it was before I opened this package. And if you don't do it in time, you'll remember before you get it open. And that spoils the surprise. And it's not as fun. So this is... Oh, this is nice. This is the... Uh oh, hold on. Hold on a second. I gotta get this open all the way pardon me <clears throat> whatever happened to incubus by the way remember that pardon me remember that song have any incubus fans here i don't really hear about them much anymore kind of faded away didn't they k says that's an awesome quote the mind can unravel mysteries before you want them unraveled yeah, I mean, it's, it's true, isn't it? Sometimes you want that surprise, and then it's like, it, it just springs to the front of your consciousness, and it's like, damn it, I didn't ask for that. I was trying to avoid that, but, you know, I guess be thankful if your mind works, because not everyone's does. So this, this cassette tape has actually come with uh, a little moon pendant on a black necklace. They've really done it up here. And um, it's... uh, Good gosh. I don't even remember the name of this now. Because it's all, all the writings in Japanese on this one, folks. But it's Sailor Moon themed. I can't remember the name of it. It's got a Sailor Moon illustration on the front of the J card. And then the cassette tape itself is a translucent. It's like a translucent gold very light gold with gold flakes in the plastic. And then the uh, then the sort of uh, tape wheels on the inside are yellow. And there is a there's one sort of sticker going across one side of the tape that's sort of like a shimmery uh, it's like a shimmery gold menagerie i don't even know how to describe it i don't know how to describe it let me you know what you can hear the tape right here right what i'll do for you guys <clears throat> hopefully you're gonna be able to hear this i'll play this on my tape player so that you can have a little sample of this uh... cassette tape that i've just received give me one second here let me just reach back rearrange some things here pop open the tape player there put this bad boy in uh, it's all about the experience you know in says future lyrics mr k yeah am i just rattling off am i rattling off pieces of wisdom now Is that what the whiskey does? I haven't had much at all, just a few sips. Trying to take my time here. All right, let me play this. See if you guys can hear the tunes. There we go. That coming through? Turn it up a little bit. Hear that in the background? Kind of the frenetic pace there. good baseline okay and says you can hear that let me see if I can I'll fast forward a little bit to give you a, a bit more of um oh let's keep it going. Seems to be having some issues. Sounds like my player's messed up. Let me see something here. Oh, there we go. So this is uh, the other side. This is more chill. That's better. Nice and chill. There we go. Let me try and rewind that side and see. How that do- I don't know what the problem was. It was like I think it was definitely sped up previously. I don't know what the problem was. All I could make out was a nice bass nice bass thump in there. But this is cool. Like I said, it came with uh it's got the Sailor Moon artwork, and then it came with a golden pouch. You can hear this pouch. And then, then it came with this necklace, the moon necklace. I don't know if I'll wear this. Maybe I will. I've actually never watched a single episode of Sailor Moon, but Sailor Moon is used in a lot of these, uh, well, I've got the Sailor Wave 2 on cassette. I really love that. I love the the music of uh, the Sailor Wave series. Even though I've never watched the show. I don't know if I should get into it. You know. Has anyone here ever watched Sailor Moon? Is it worth checking out? Besides for the music. Now I have the Sailor Moon necklace. Maybe I should watch the show. sounds pretty good it's a good groove I like that pretty well okay so that's that's going on there Oh, probably wrap up pretty soon here but I got a couple other things I suppose I can tell you about. Um, I picked up the, uh, uh, the, uh, well, by saying this, I'll probably get my channel deleted. Probably risking that. But I picked up uh, two books, two other books here. I picked up Mark Levin's new one called Unfreedom of the Press pick that up and then i uh that's really about the uh the sort of state of um the current the current lay of the land as pertains to the modern day media on freedom of the press is um talking about the dangers of when when the press stops reporting objectively and begins to take on uh, an overly slanted view of the world uh, when the press begins to carry an agenda of its own. It's not—it's not good for, for the people. We'll say that. Um, <clears throat> unfreedom of the press, if you never checked out Mark Levin, you probably should. It's one of my favorites. I love Mark Levin. He gets fired up. He's a good guy. Very, very knowledgeable very very knowledgeable in uh, constitutional law Uh, fantastic guy to listen to of course if you're left-leaning you might not like him so much but then again there are uh, there are some left-leaning people who do like listening to guys like him because it, uh, it it sort of helps them to stay in touch with their opposition which is kind of a smart thing to do. You want to know what the other side's saying. You want you don't want to sequester yourself. Uh, you don't want to sort of cloister yourself away into your own little echo chamber. It's good to keep up with what the people you disagree with have to say, so that you can better formulate your own thoughts. There might be something that they say that that actually uh, makes you challenge your own beliefs, and that's a good thing to do because that can expose if um, you're carrying with you a belief that you have no basis or foundation for, it, which is not good. Um, yeah. In says that's literally what's happening today. Yeah, well, that's, um, this book, Unfreedom of the Press, I was just mentioning, that it's, uh, it's kind of a response to uh, the situation that we're in at the moment. And so his hope for this book is that it gets people talking and sort of opens a national dialogue and gets people uh, to sort of realize really how dangerous it is when when your press sort of begins to champion one particular agenda and it's not look, it's gonna be impossible for the for the press or for anyone to be completely objective i don't think that that's ever been the case you know things will always probably lean a little this way or a little that way but if it begins to if it begins to go too far in one direction then that that gets really dangerous that's like i said that's where we are right now that's where i mean that's that's probably that has a lot to do with why we Uh, see all this crazy stuff happening on social media, the stuff we were talking about earlier on YouTube. It all sort of ties back in together. And and, um, a lot of the attitudes that people carry with them are because of what they see on the news, because of what they read in the papers, uh, because of what they read on their favorite news website. And people who aren't kind of tapped into this stuff, people who aren't, internet savvy who aren't going on message boards and such uh people who aren't super invested in politics they don't really dig in they don't see how insidious this stuff is they don't really understand um the sort of the cabal of uh of the press you know and how all these people work together to push a particular view and push a particular narrative and because they don't, they don't suspect anything. They just go to their trusted source. They think to themselves, "Oh well, the New York Times. That's, you know, that's a good source for the news. That's kind of a standard." Or MSNBC. Oh yeah, they're they're pretty middle of the road. They're probably pretty objective. And then you find out that's not the case at all. Uh, yeah, it's not good, guys. It's not good. Kay says, I listen to right-wing guys often. There's a few opinions where I can listen to, uh, where I, um, I think maybe care to listen because I've heard what they have to say and don't think it's valid at all. That's on left and right. Like if someone's saying we should all be vegan, um, I CBA anymore. I don't know what CBA, Where I? I don't know what CBA is. I'm sorry maybe I can't be something I can't be asked can't be asked anymore am I on the right track with that if someone says we should be like Saudi Arabia and arrest gays I won't listen because it's stupid yes that's okay there we go uh I was on the right track there okay but yeah yeah can't be bothered I got it i put it together using context clues i remember that from second grade your old context clues that's something people have lost today people don't understand the concept of context everything's taken so literally that's why you can't joke about anything anymore it's absurd um so the other book i picked up was the right side of history by ben shapiro how reason and moral purpose made the West great. So I'm looking forward to reading this one. Uh, I like Ben Shapiro. I do. Some people on the right don't. Some like Die Hard. Look, um, I uh, I would say at this point, I'm, I would consider myself a Trump supporter. I'm not... I don't think it's good to be a Kool-Aid drinker for anyone. You know, no one's beyond, uh, no one's beyond criticism. And some people are afraid to speak up if they disagree with anything that Trump says or anything that he does or any of his policies. Shapiro has been critical of Trump at certain points, and that causes some of Trump's uh more rabid fans to to like accuse shapiro of you know being um like a wolf in sheep's clothing or something or he's not a real conservative because he he disagrees with him from time to time i think that that's what you need i don't think that people who say stuff like that represent the majority of trump supporters uh that you have to agree with every single thing the guy says or does i don't think that i you shouldn't play that game politically because then in, you get into like the cult of personality stuff and uh, you start following people blindly and that gets very dangerous very quickly as well. So I think the best thing for people to do is to be responsible, free-thinking individuals and kind of let the chips fall where they may after that. See where you come down and whose side you're on generally after you've put in the work to sort of formulate your own thoughts see where you stand on particular issues and it's like you're never going to line up completely with one person it's just i i don't think that if you really want that i think you're going to be disappointed every single time people are always going to let you down you know so uh you kind of have to i don't want to say choose um the better of two evils i don't think it's always that but uh you know you're never going to find someone that you you agree with 100% on every single issue and not you're never going to find someone who you can probably be proud of in every facet of their life because people are people are people as they say people are flawed people are going to make mistakes so if you if you play that game and you try and act like this or that person is perfect they're the ideal they're they're infallible and then it comes out that they did make a mistake then you have to try and justify it somehow and then you end up looking silly and it's just stupid it's better to say yeah well i agree with him on this and this and this but this thing he did was dumb and i don't like it when he does this and i disagree with him on this and so on but then you can still have your reasons why you generally throw your support behind that particular individual as opposed to the people who oppose them, your other alternatives. Hallmark Channel Jeremy says, love Trump, also love Shapiro and Crowder. Yeah, Crowder is great as well. That's why it's, it's a shame to see what's happened to him in the past few days. But as I mentioned earlier... He he is one of the smart ones, because he has used uh, his position, he's used his celebrity on YouTube to build his own brand off of YouTube. I think anyone who is even semi-successful on this platform needs to take lessons from people like him, and Shapiro's done the same thing with The Daily Wire. It's like Shapiro has plenty of videos on YouTube, uh, but that's not this is not his main place you know that this is not uh where he's making all his money he gets a lot of exposure on youtube and then he pulls people away from this platform and they're able to support him in a more direct way through his own service Uh, i would love to see that become like the new model you know that that would be cool that would be that might be kind of neat within the comic skate community too come to think of it. I don't know if anyone's thought of that if any of the bigger names have considered doing something like that. you know it might worth it might be worth ex- examining uh, that sort of approach even within something like the fandom menace. And I know I'm not a super active member at this point, but I don't know if that conversation's taken place. It would be worth looking into um, to maybe get a group of people together. And figure out a way to produce a Fandom Menace app where people who love following this community could download the Fandom Menace app. And uh, and then right there when you open it, you would stream the videos from that service as opposed to streaming them through YouTube. Not to say that YouTube couldn't be a component, but again, it would be an exposure mechanism as opposed to the end in itself. So, uh, I don't know if anyone listening right now talks regularly to any of those people, or if you go into the, uh, the other chats, you know, that might be worth bringing up sometime. Maybe I will even message someone, I don't know, or contact one of those guys, maybe, uh, maybe the rookie critic. He's probably the one that I've talked to the most. And that still hasn't been many times, uh, or maybe, um, Proper Jeremy. Proper shout out to proper Jeremy, by the way. Um, That might be kind of neat. Obi-Wan says, Geeks and Gamers would be hoping they will become that, I would think. Yeah. um, That would be good. That would be smart. Especially, you know, because they, I think they are in a position where like I really fear for that channel because even though Geeks and Gamers has a lot of support they don't have millions of viewers the way that someone like Crowder does so if they just yanked Crowder off of YouTube that would be like a huge story if they did that to someone like Jeremy um I mean a lot of people would be pissed off but He doesn't, he's not gotten to that level where there are millions and millions of people who would go to bat for him. He just hasn't gotten to that point yet. And if, if things continue progressing the way that they are, uh, you never know what's going to happen. You know, they tried doing that to Jordan Peterson, like I think about a year and a half ago where he just, he just woke up one day and his channel was gone. And luckily, like I said, he had, he had already made it to that point where millions of people knew his name and, and they started, uh, started clamoring for an explanation and he was able to get his channel back. But if he had only had maybe a hundred thousand or 200,000 followers, that's still, I think that's still small enough as much of an achievement as it is to have a hundred thousand followers on YouTube you're still at a point where I think they can just put their thumb down and uh, and dictate your future. And maybe I'm wrong, but I would see that size channel as being at risk. You know, um, especially with with the the push uh, with the the agenda being pushed by the sort of SJW culture within fandoms all across the board within nerd culture, if you will. Uh, It seems like those people are able to get things done for some reason. As much as I hate it, they are able to get things done. They're able to get things changed. They're able to have these super large companies get behind them and champion their causes when all it does time and time again is divide their fan bases and then eventually sort of leave them a husk of what they formerly were. Uh, that's why, uh, that's why this stuff is, is so crazy. You know, these people are, they make up such a small percentage of the population, but they're able to get things swayed in their favor time and time again, because they make so much goddamn noise. And they're so fucking annoying. And they play these little guilt trip games. And they they sort of are somehow able to trick entire swaths of people into thinking that they have the moral high ground. I think it's people who don't think about this shit very often. They're confronted by this mob. Singled out over and over again. And then it's almost like a... It's like this just fucking oozy blob that slowly just rolls over top of the population, devouring one person at a time. And then they're sucked up into it and they become a part of it, you know? And, um, it's really, it's really a shame, you know, it's, yeah, it's too bad. But like I said, maybe maybe people moving away from these centralized platforms and being successful on their own will be a wake up call. Uh, if it started taking a lot of money away from YouTube, if they realize that they can get rid of these people without consequence, then maybe they stop doing it because they realize it's not it's not worth anything. All it's doing is driving people away from signing up for their platform. It's driving future content creators away. Uh, if, if YouTube started to see people succeeding on their own outside of YouTube, then maybe that would, maybe that would be a step in the right direction. If it starts happening over and over again, as of right now, I feel like the people who have done that are are almost like anomalies. But I think it's going to continue. I think it's going to happen more and more often. That's my hope. All right, guys. So I think that's going to about do it for tonight. Uh, Thank you guys for being here. Thank you for watching. I don't know. um, Maybe I'll come back next week and do this again. Uh, seems like we had, um, we had about eight strong hanging out for the entire time. So it doesn't seem like anyone got bored. That's good. Everyone hanging out, having fun. So perhaps I will, uh, come back and see you guys next week. Maybe not. I don't know. Just keep an eye on your alerts and I'll get back in touch with you guys at some point. So... Thank you, everyone, for being here. Thanks for hanging out. Obi-Wan says, maybe come on Model Citizens next week. I do need to finish my van still. So maybe I maybe I will. Maybe I'll uh, get in touch with JP about that. That could be something to do. By the way, real quick, before you guys go, does anyone here have Steam? And if so, do any of you play counter-strike or have counter-strike you don't have to play it currently but maybe you've had counter-strike source at some point in the in the past Uh, because i've been playing a little bit recently just for fun um if so let me know you can comment here or uh leave your comments on in the comment section when the video is done or or holler at me on Twitter. Doesn't look like anyone has Steam or has Counter-Strike. That's okay. I just thought I would ask, just for fun. <clears throat> All right. Well, if you are watching this at some point, uh, you know, and you want to you want to game up on Steam, maybe not even on Counter-Strike, but something else you want to play, holler at your boy. Just let me know on Twitter. Shoot me your Steam handle and I'll give you a friend request. All right. Okay, everyone. Thanks again for being here and I will talk to you guys at some point coming up. All right. Take care. Good night.